Welcome to Safety Bites, a weekly podcast on all things related to workplace safety, hosted by me, Jason Schaffenbuhl. The thoughts expressed in this podcast are based upon my opinion and general best practices, which may not apply to all listeners. Always consult with a qualified professional before making any changes in your organization. This week on Safety Bites, let's talk emergency eyewashes and showers. This is one topic that seems to have a lot of confusion surrounding it. Federal OSHA actually says very little in their standards about emergency eyewashes and showers. Specifically, 1910-151C states, where the eyes or body of any person may be exposed to injurious corrosive materials, suitable facilities for quick drenching or flushing of the eyes and body shall be provided within the work area for immediate emergency use. To understand if you need an emergency eyewash or shower, corrosive is a key word in OSHA's standard. It is what OSHA focuses on. If you have corrosive materials in your facility that employees are exposed to, and they can get their material in their eyes or on their skin, you need to have one or more emergency eyewashes or showers. How do you tell if something is corrosive? The simplest method is to review the safety data sheet for the chemical in your facility to see if it indicates if it's corrosive. Further complicating this is that there are materials that are not corrosive but are still injurious to the eyes and body if they get on the skin. The safety data sheet for these products, just like corrosives, will often state, flush immediately with large amounts of water for at least 15 minutes. So if you have corrosives that employees could get onto their skin or into their eyes, you need an emergency eyewash or shower. If you have other materials that say you need 15 minutes of flushing, then you should also have an eyewash or shower. While OSHA cannot give you a citation under 1910-151C, they can give you a citation under the General Duty Clause if you do not provide an eyewash or shower for those other hazardous chemicals. The General Duty Clause is a topic for a future podcast. Now, are you confused by this? So are most people, and OSHA has more than a dozen letters of interpretation on their website to provide clarity. Basically, people want to know if OSHA will use the consensus standard C358.1, the American National Standard for Emergency Eyewash and Shower Equipment, to cite employers, to which OSHA provides this response. ANSI standards become mandatory OSHA standards only if and when OSHA adopts them. Since OSHA has not adopted ANSI Z358.1, OSHA does not enforce the standard. They continue, when determining whether the eyewash or shower facilities are suitable given the circumstances of a particular worksite, OSHA may refer to the most recent consensus standard regarding eyewash or shower equipment, as well as other recognized medical, technical, and industrial hygiene sources. Isn't that great? In essence, what OSHA is saying is ANSI Z358.1 isn't mandatory by law, but they will use it to determine compliance. I must mention that in at least one state plan state, they have adopted ANSI Z358.1 as law. So if you are in a state plan state, you should review your specific state law to see if they are enforcing Z358.1. So what does ANSI Z358.1 say about emergency eyewash and shower equipment? First, I should state that ANSI does not write any safety and health standards. These standards are written by groups of people, in this case the International Safety Equipment Association, who develop the standard in accordance with ANSI's process. But again, ANSI standards are a topic for another podcast. I believe the 2014 version is the most current version of ANSI Z358.1. It covers the design, testing, installation, operation, maintenance, and employee training requirements for emergency eyewashes and showers. Realize that most of the time these devices are plumbed into a water supply. However, there are portable devices 
but they are bulky to meet the minimum water requirements and require ongoing and possibly expensive routine maintenance. For a portable eye wash, it needs to contain at least six, if not seven, gallons of water, so little bottles of saline solution do not meet the standard. Here are some of the common requirements from the 2014 version of Z358.1. To get a better understanding of the standard, do a Google search for Z358.1 requirements, and many vendor websites will walk you through all of the obligations in the standard, or you can buy your own copy of the standard for $60. So let's talk about these requirements. First, do you need an eye wash or shower? I cannot answer that question for you. You have to assess that yourself. You have to consider how employees can be potentially exposed. How are the chemicals used? How are they stored or dispensed? What is the most likely way for the material to be spilled or released? If you are only concerned about the eyes, then an eye wash may be suitable. If you are concerned about the body, then a shower is needed. Or maybe you are concerned about both, so a device that has a separate eye wash and shower is the best solution. Second is location. In general, the equipment should be installed within 10 seconds walking time from the location of a hazard, or approximately 55 feet according to the standard. The equipment must be installed on the same level as the hazard. Accessing the equipment should not require going up or down stairs or ramps. The path of travel from the hazard to the equipment should be free of obstructions and straight as possible. However, there are certain circumstances where these guidelines may not be adequate. Third, flow rates. This equipment has minimum flow rates that must be adhered to. The flow rate depends on if you have provided an eye wash, shower, or combination device. If there's not enough flow, two water may be provided to flush the hazardous material. Fourth, it must be operated by one hand in one second or less and then remain in operation without further action. I've seen some businesses use kitchen wash one type devices for eye washes. These devices have a handle that must be held down for water to flow. Such a device cannot be used as an emergency eye wash or shower because the handle must be held to allow the water to flow. Emergency eye washes and showers must be hands-free once the initial initiation step has occurred and water begins to flow. Fifth, and this is one of the newer requirements, okay, it's been around for 15 years, but I rarely see it, is to provide tepid water at emergency eye washes or showers. The consensus standard requires that water coming out be between 60 and 100 degrees Fahrenheit. This is to keep the water cool enough so it does not scald, but yet warm enough that people will be inclined to use it. Now, if you have chemicals in your facility where the chemical reaction could be accelerated by water at these temperatures, talk to a safety professional. Sixth, consider where the water will go. Is there a drain nearby? Can the water go down the drain after it has come into contact with the hazardous material? Seven, ensure you have installed and maintained the emergency eye wash and shower properly. Conduct ongoing inspections, including weekly activation for plumbed units. Are provided dust covers in place? Is the device free from obstructions? Is it clean? Is the water flow pattern appropriate? Is there signage and adequate lighting? Lastly, ensure workers are trained. The standard states employees must be trained in the location of emergency equipment and its proper use. And while you're at it, make sure you document that you have completed the training. Hopefully, this podcast has provided you with knowledge you didn't previously have about emergency eye washes and showers. Should you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me or talk to an emergency eye wash and shower vendor or manufacturer. One vendor even offers an online training course on this topic. Take care and have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and will join me next week. Until then, create a safer workplace and email me if you have any questions or suggestions.